Hello and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend who hasn't watched musicals <laughs> until my girlfriend forced me to watch them. Yes, indeed. I would say, unlike the source material from today, I've always liked musicals. Have you? I think so. Okay. I've never been anti-musical. I, I mean, the only way I could say I was anti-musical is that, you know, doing school shows. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to sometimes do straight plays. Sure. Just because you don't always have students who feel capable when it comes to singing and dancing. Okay. I think that's fair. And that's the only reason why I would say that, like, you know, musicals have a time and a place. I, think, I love watching them. Yeah. I think you've gotten progressively more into musicals over the course of our relationship. I have always been into musicals. Not this much. Not this much, but I think <laughs> partly that might come from, you know, growing up away from London. Like, you That's at least true, grew yeah. up closer to London that for you to go see a, a musical of an evening mm. with your family was far more convenient. Like, you would leave and probably be home within an hour. Uh, more or less, yeah. Yeah, whereas for me, having to get back down to Eastbourne... Yeah, I suppose. You know, it is it is a bigger ask. Mm -hmm. So, especially as a, as a kid as well, that when we did school trips, we'd be back home by, like, after midnight. Yeah. So it is, it, you know, I have seen a lot of musicals, and I like musicals. <laughs> you do. I've never not liked musicals. There's some I don't like... Yes. There's something the, I've watched that I didn't like. The whole idea, I am always concerned when people tell me that they don't like musicals because I think it takes a very specific type of person to not like all musicals because I think musicals as a genre yeah. covers all other genres. So yeah. you can't just be like, oh, I don't like musicals. No, and I can always understand... One. Yeah, I can understand not liking genres. That's like saying, you know... I don't like musicals full stop. Well, musicals have subsections. Mm -hmm. As we've seen from Sage Fright, you have slasher musicals. Yeah. As we've seen from... You've got historical musicals and rom-com musicals. Yeah. And, we've know, seen... It covers everything. We have. And it's like, I can understand the blanket statements of, I don't like horror. Yeah. Because, well... There's some a people, specific thing you're expecting some to see people, within that don't like being scared but I think to throw out that blanket statement of I don't like all horror well there are some good horror comedies mm -hmm. you know that we've certainly been watching over the Halloween period yeah so I think yeah I'm, I'm quite intrigued to see why this guy doesn't like musicals sure in my mind mm -hmm. I see this being Team Star Kids DNA merged with a Christmas Carol. Sure. So, uh -huh. this guy who doesn't like musicals, in my mind, is Ebenezer Scrooge. Sure. And you, you wait before you tell me what you think the plot of this is. You know nothing about this. I know nothing about this. You don't know anything about the plot. No, because this is a completely original creation. Yeah, yeah from... so this is written by Nick and Matt Lang, who yeah. were in all of the other shows and wrote a lot for all of the other shows yes and the music's by jeff blim so you're you recognize from other star kid things yes well the only other star kid thing i've seen at this point is the very potter trilogy yeah but like you know of 
some of the other projects. Well, yeah. I, is this their first completely original one then? Because no. I know, okay, because I know they've done Twisted, mm-hmm. and I know they've done Holy Musical Batman, mm-hmm. which obviously, you know, along with Potter, come from specific source materials. Yeah. So had they done a musical before the guy who didn't like musicals that was completely unique? Yes. Okay. So they've done a couple. They've done Firebringer, which is their own story. Yeah. Starship was kind of their own story. I, in that, it took a lot of references from other things, which is similar with this one. Yeah. And Me and My Dick, which was a great musical. That sounds brilliant. It is. I am, you know, really excited to see more Starkid musicals. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of classical musicals. You know, we've done Sondheim, Fosse. We've done <laughs> we've done Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. It's quite nice when we see what people who've grown up with musicals are doing. Because mm-hmm. Starkid is very, very different to anything else because it's much more, I'd say, independent. Yeah. And started off amateur and has become bigger. Yeah. Well, this musical was funded on Kickstarter. Cool. They had 3,419 backers on Kickstarter funded this show. Yeah. And which is awesome. I mean, I've not seen it, so I can't comment, but I know the following Starkid have. Mm-hmm. It, I know that they've got a massive following on social media and through their online presence. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years people will talk about Starkid the way people talk about Sondheim, Fosse, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Sure. As revolutionising musicals but also the medium through which we watch them mm-hmm. i think that's very very important they are the social media musical I, I don't know of anyone else who has been putting products out there like star could have and i'm sure there are people not no one that we've covered on the podcast yet no right so i'm ready to hear what you think the plot of this is okay so as i've mentioned this is a Christmas Carol slash musical. Right. So you've got this guy who doesn't like musical and his life is bleak. Sure. His life sucks because of it. Because, you know, he's not got the joy of musicals. Mm-hmm. And I think he lives in a, a musical. Yeah, you think he's in a musical world already? I think so. Yeah. I don't think he's like somebody who would actively not go to the theatre with his friends or go to the cinema with his friends because, oh, it's a musical. He might be. It, it's one of two. It's either that or it's he lives in a world that is a musical and he's the one character that doesn't sing. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very Christmas Carol in that his life is going to be grumpy and he treats people badly. But then through the joy of musicals, sure. through learning about them, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get like you know, the Phantom of the Opera comes and sings to him. I don't think it's going to be that way that you have, like, iconic ghosts. No, it's not like... It obviously, it references a lot of existing musicals, but not like that. But I think over the course of the journey, he's going to grow to love musicals. Sure. I mean, that's how it's going to end. It could be that, yeah, like, he is just somebody who doesn't go to the theatre, doesn't socialise with his friends, and, you know, because they go to musicals, they they like musical theatre. I don't know. It does make me wonder, though. Like, imagine we were doing, it's, you know, a musical Christmas carol, right? Sure. And you had somebody, and we could use any character, we could use any musical theatre, like, characters, right, as your four ghosts. 
you know, your Jacob Marley, Ghost oh, of Christmas, right. yeah. past, present, future. Mm-hmm. Who would be your four ghosts? Like, if you could use any character from musical theatre. Past would be Matilda. Because past has to be a girl and it has to be a child. Okay. And she, I think, is a good representation of, like, the joy of youth and also reflection on yourself. Because yeah. she's really intelligent. So I think that's... For you, then. For me, not for yeah. You. That's my, like, young Ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. Present Santa, that's the point, right? Up to you. I always thought that the point of Christmas present is he's supposed to look like Santa. I don't know whether that's just coloured by the fact that I, I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. You see, what you've said is the ghost of Christmas past, for me, in you know one of my favourite ones, controversially, is the Jim Carrey version. Oh, where it's the candle. Yeah, and Jim I Carrey plays all the ghosts. Yeah. Okay, so, so you'd have Santa. Yeah. Is there no musical equivalent for you of Santa? I don't think so. I think it would have to just be... Santa. Okay, who is your ghost of Christmas yet to come be? The Phantom, but specifically Red Death Phantom. <laughs> I was thinking Phantom would be great. The problem is with that one, though, traditionally he doesn't speak. I think that the, the, the Red Death version of the Phantom would be great, especially if at the end he revealed himself to be the Phantom. Yeah. I, I, I think, for me, Ghost of Christmas Present is always one of the more fun characters. Yeah. And I would say... like another street corner choir? I, I could... For, I mean, for me... <laughs> I'd have a, a Dewey Finn. Would you? Yeah. Because he's supposed to be, like, energetic. And yeah. Like the ghost of Christmas. <laughs> Let's just have it as Alex Brightman be all the ghosts. <laughs> we have Beetlejuice be the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Yeah. The Phantom's a great shout. And, I, you know, I, I think you're right, Matilda would be good if you want that young, innocent of... I know, love the... Alan Menken Christmas Menken. Carol. Yeah. I saw a really iffy... I'd love to watch the film. Amateur production. <laughs> they had the Ghost of Christmas Present came out through a Christmas present. That's a bit on the nose. It was. I was sat next to a student at the theatre watching it and I heard the student whisper to his friend. They basically had two levels and Tiny Tim was at the top of the stairs. He just said, could you imagine if Tiny Tim fell down the stairs? And obviously Tiny Tim's going, oh. I lost my mind laughing. Like I'm, I'm embarrassed by it because obviously like... <laughs> Your bad theatre etiquette but yeah. I just was like in my mind I had the image of this little child hobbling as Tiny Tim falling down like Aww. these stairs so that's what I think this, this show is I think it's going to have Christmas Carol but about musicals yes but I think it's got the Team Star Kid charm to it that mm-hmm. it's going to have like all these references to their previous work yeah I think that's going to be really important that it is going to reference jokes from their previous shows mm-hmm which I'm worried that I might not get some of them because I, I, I haven't seen them bar the very Potter trilogy. I also think it's going to be very funny, yep. but I think when it gets to the core of the show, it's going to be very serious. Mm-hmm. Or like touch on some serious topics. Yeah, kind of thing. absolutely. I get you. You know, could it touch on things like depression or mental health, for instance? Mm-hmm. You know, why doesn't he like these musicals? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm really excited. I just know it's going to have the charm of, you know, this, this seriousness, but mm. also this, this comedic edge. I'm, I'm really in- interested in seeing this one because one of the things I said about the Very Potter trilogy, which I would like to rewatch them down the line one at a time. Yeah. 
I felt like at times, as the trilogy went along, especially when it got to senior year, they'd grown so much as performers and writers. Mm -hmm. Like, some of the stuff from one and two seemed really amateur in comparison. And I'm really intrigued to see how they have grown as performers and as writers, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I don't expect to see Darren Chris in this. No, he's not. But am I going to see any other alumni from So we've got Lauren Lopez. Is that Draco? Yes. Joey Richter. Who was Ron. Mm -hmm. They're engaged, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And Jamie Lynn Betty. Betty. Was that Ginny? Yes. And Rita Skeeter? Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And then we also have Mariah Rose Faith, who is... Uh, Regina George in the touring production of Mean Girls. That's really cool. Did she start? She did this first with Star Kid. Then, yeah. So is Star Kid still taking people from university? No. So this is a post-university world. Star Kid. They are their own production company. Yeah. Star Kid Productions. You audition through self tapes and then in person to get these roles. Yeah. Mariah Rose Faith auditioned. She literally sent in a self-tape. That's really cool. And she said she didn't really expect to hear back from them and then heard that she was going to be in it. It's really cool. I really like that. I like that it's not just you have to be from Mm. this background, that it's open to everyone. I think that's a really good evolution for them. Mm -hmm. So this came out in 2018. It ran from October 11th until November 4th at the Matrix Theatre in California. Cool. And then they uploaded the recording of it to YouTube on December 24th in 2018. Nice. Christmas present. See, that, that just further lends itself mm-hmm. to my theory that, that this is... Christmas Carol. I didn't know that. I genuinely didn't know when this was written, released, streamed. Yeah. If this is December, mm-hmm. I can imagine it being the perfect kind of seasonal fare. Yeah. And what better way than to pay homage to one of the best stories ever told? Mm-hmm. Well, so we now have a sequel to this. Really? Because when this came out, people liked the setting of it so much. I'm trying to say this without spoiling anything for you. They liked the setting of it and they liked the background characters so much that they wanted to see more of this world. That's so cool. So they brought out another musical called Black Friday, set in the same town... In the same right. So if it's Black Friday, it's definitely Christmas themed okay. or Thanksgiving themed. It's got to be around this seasonal time. Mm-hmm. And perhaps he doesn't like musicals because he doesn't like Christmas. And, and you know, he's alone for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And Black Friday is what prompts it. Sure. I, I like that. So is this their first world that they've they've created a sequel to since Harry Potter? Yes, I believe so. That's a good question. Because you don't get many musical sequels. I think other than Love Never Dies. Mamma Mia 2. I don't think you get many staged musical sequels. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I I, I would say Mamma Mia 2 has potential to be staged. Mm-hmm. And you, you could certainly have it on a rotor like you would do Cursed Child with the theatre that houses Mamma Mia, yeah, having Mamma Mia 1 
on on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Mamma Mia two on the other days. Mm-hmm. And the set can be quite simple because they're they're the same. You but you you don't see many musical sequels. The only one I'm familiar with that has been staged is Love Never Dies. Is Love Never Dies. So I like the idea that they're possibly popularising or trying to make it a trend. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm really excited about this because I love your description of it and I cannot wait for you to watch this now. I kind of want to know at this point, how close am I? <laughs> Not at all. Ah. <laughs> but at least it was, it's going to be fun for the, for the listeners to, uh, to have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to do that. As a, I, I want to make that now as a musical then. Like, I kind of want to patent it and, and trademark it and make, and make a Scrooge musical well not a Scrooge musical because I know there is a, like a Scrooge musical but like a a musical Christmas Carol mm-hmm. that's like very inspired by Christmas Carol mm-hmm. so if you're listening it's my idea it's not yours leave it to me and if you're nice I might cast you <laughs> who would you cast me as you would be... <laughs> Insert female character here. You, you'd be the lead, obviously. I'd be Scrooge. Yeah. Okay. Well, you would you be Scrooge. To, you need someone who just... Who can sing really, really well to play Scrooge. Because when you finally get a song from him, it needs to be incredible. Well, no, but it's not going to be Scrooge. It's going to be like the insert, I don't understand musicals. Character. We'll call it musical the musicals. All right, okay. <laughs> okay so yes our, our main character yeah is called paul cool he doesn't like musicals cool makes sense mm-hmm. with you so far yep and you're right on that like he he might grow to like musicals somehow is voldemort in it the actor who played voldemort yes no okay I liked him. I always thought he was one of the mm-hmm. highlights of the Potter trilogy. Yeah. Are there any celebrity kind of guest star involvements? The reason I say is they had Ivana Lynch. That was at LeakyCon. No, I, I know that and I appreciate that. But... No. There's, there's nobody who's kind of like bigger... That they've kind of brought in to do it as like a guest shot, like a cameo type role or anything. Okay, Alexa's in it. Who's that? Alexa. What, as in? Alexa, play blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great stunt casting. Yep. Cool. <laughs> That's the only stunt casting you're going to see. And are the production values better? Oh, yeah. 100%. This one was filmed with the means to make it. So when they started making this uh, show, yeah. their backer goal when on their Kickstarter was $60,000. Yeah. And they made $127 and a bit thousand dollars. Nice. Which is amazing. Yeah. And with that, I believe one of their backing goals was that you would get it on DVD. Cool. So um, obviously the production values of this are... Yeah. So that obviously it has to be good if you're giving it to people who have paid for your musical to be on, you know? Yeah. No, this is it. Like, again, it's not to disparage the Harry Potter trilogy, but obviously at times the quality isn't there from, like, the production of it because it's it's filmed for their exams and then it's filmed for a YouTube feature and then it was, like, LeakyCon and 
you've got Darren Chris's broken mic and you've got scripts. Mm-hmm. Not a criticism. Yeah. So this will be kind of the first professional quality mm-hmm. Star Kids I see. Yeah. Which I'm really, really like stoked for. Yay. Awesome. Is there anything else I need to know before we begin our adventure? No, I can't wait to watch you find out what the plot of this is. I'm going to come back head hanging in shame that I could get it so wrong. I don't don't think you're that wrong, but you're not like, plot wise, you haven't hit anything. I'm kind of lukewarm. Yeah. Cool. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are going to watch this on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I assume you don't have the DVD for this. No. So we are going to log on to YouTube. Mm-hmm. We are going to watch Team Starkid Productions. Yep. We might have a lovely cup of coffee. Oh, yes, please. What are, you, what are you making, Lee? Don't worry. I'll add a little something extra in it just to make it extra special for you. Fantastic. That's what I like. <laughs> that, this is a joke from the show, isn't yeah, it? It is, yeah. You always end. I've started to notice this Like when I go to edit. You always end. So you're going to go make us a coffee. Yeah, you don't get it until you start editing it. It's great. (laughs) That's cool. So it's off to the musicals from a guy who does like musicals to a guy who does not like musicals. See you when we return very, very shortly. It's a show-stopping number, a real show-stopper, a show-stopping number, come on. Something to shock em, to bring them a-crawling, a big-time box office draw. With the press and the glamour, we'll kill the review spotlight. On Mr. Ingenue So feel up your tumbler Got a show-stopping number for you And we are back We survived Just about I, I feel the alien overlords presented us with a really good choice I would 100% choose to become a part of the musical hive mind Yeah Yeah I actually would. (laughs) I don't know why anyone wouldn't. Maybe if you are a guy who didn't like musicals, you would try actively to avoid it. Nah. It was a really good show. I knew you'd like this one. I I got the plot completely wrong. You're 100% wrong. It was great. But, I mean, I had some close ideas. You had some bits, some thoughts that were close. But I just love that you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. This is going to be about a dude who's in a musical. And then we watch it and it's like Alien Overlords. Yeah. I mean, now that I've seen the graphic and the poster and the the title page for it, Mm -hmm. you can tell it's like B-movie horror. Yeah. And it makes a lot more sense. Had I seen that, I feel like I might have got a lot closer to what it actually is. Mm -hmm. It was was really good. I, I like how they start with guy who didn't like musicals yeah can you think of any other show that starts with the titular song exactly there maybe are a lot of shows that have a song that is 
the titular song. Yeah. But not right at the beginning. The only other one I think even comes close is Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, but that song isn't called Hamilton. No, but it's the closest thing. No, I don't think that counts. I don't think Hamilton counts. No, I think Hamilton is a, a close enough one, but I really can't think of anything else that starts with a titular song. And I thought, oh, wow, mm-hmm. this is cool. Like, we're getting straight into it. Yeah. And it it really does look so much more polished mm-hmm. than anything I've seen Starkid do before. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think all the performances are a lot more mature and I think they're funnier because they're more seasoned and confident in themselves. Yeah. But one of the things I like most about this song is just how meta it is. So, like, you've got Paul dislikes musicals so much he skips his entrance. Yeah, he doesn't even show up. Except this song is set at the end of the story. Yes. So I I didn't get that at this point. No, you're not supposed to until the end. So at this point I'm thinking, oh, okay, so he lives in a musical. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. Oh, you thought you were right. Yeah, so I thought I was right. He lives in a musical. Mm -hmm. And obviously he doesn't. But I think this is a really cool introduction to him as a character mm-hmm. and also the world that's going to happen with time yeah i love how minimalistic they are though that you don't have a cast of a hundred you don't have big extravagant sets yeah it is maybe a core cast of 10 who play several different roles and have different costumes them. yeah and everyone except for John Matheson, who's playing Paul, plays multiple roles. Yeah. Emma's, uh, so Lauren Lopez, who plays Emma, her additional roles are dance roles. So she yes. doesn't talk as anyone else like everyone else does, but she is, you know, background character. Yeah. Was she not one of the three daughters at the start of Act 2 as well? What, the three friends? Yeah. Yeah, but she doesn't talk. She did talk. She did talk. Oh, okay. She was the only one that I really, other than... Oh, in the, like, smoke club. Yes. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. She's one of the only ones I felt it was a bad choice to have her play other characters as well. Yeah. Because her and Paul are the most important people. Mm. And keeping Paul as just Paul was one of the best choices. I would have done the same with Emma Mm -hmm. and had her just be Emma. Yeah, I get what you mean. You know, it, it... the um, there's so many stories from the making of this show where they talk about like nights where they really messed up a costume change, yeah. or like there's a couple of songs where they had to run on and off and change oh, yeah. really quickly, so quick. and they'd come on like trapped in a costume because they'd got it stuck and they they don't have time to do anything about it. But I think that works with Star Kid. Mm-hmm. I think it becomes part of the charm. Yeah. If this was a show that they had transferred to Broadway, it wouldn't. But because you're going seeing the Star Kid experience, mm-hmm. I think you could forgive that. Oh, yeah. Especially because of how ambitious it, it is. Yeah. Which I really like. So we meet Paul properly at his job. And I love that they're just sat on chairs, miming their typing at the office desks. Mm-hmm. I start thinking... Is Paul supposed to be the most boring man ever? Basically. He's almost like an NPC in his own life. Yeah, but yeah, he is, 100%. And that just shows you what people who don't like musicals are like. But what I like <laughs> is that as the show goes on, 
he does have a personality, he does have hopes, he does have dreams. Yeah, but he's not ready to be the leading man in his own life yet. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really cool decision for mm-hmm. this character. I instantly fell in love with the character of Charlotte. Yep. <laughs> she's so great. She's so great. So she's on the phone to her husband and she says, sweetheart, it's cuddle night once mm-hmm. a month, but we missed last month. No, you're right. We should stick to the schedule. Yeah, Sam. It is so sad. Like I felt instantly sorry for her. And it's some really good like character building that I can yeah. just instantly feel bad and sympathise with a character. Mm-hmm. I like Paul's friend. Yeah. I like how he is using musicals, specifically Mamma Mia, to impress his daughter and win a divorce. Mm-hmm. That's Bill. Bill's great. I like. I, I feel like if you your parents are divorced and they're trying to like win this like musical theatre battle. The mum took her to New York to see Hamilton. Uh, and he's like... Paul's response is like, ugh. Yeah. I love that. Not many people. I think even Bill's response to Hamilton is, is negative. I think Bill's response to Hamilton is, I can't believe her mum paid big money to fly to New York yeah. and go and see Hamilton. And all I can do is take her to see Mamma Mia at the local. I, I think it's really, again... Simple character trait. Yeah. Divorced dad mm. wants to impress his daughter. Really, really simple way to get me to feel for this character. Yeah. And I think that's really important with the way this show is. We have to have some kind of attachment to these characters mm-hmm. so that when they start dropping like flies, you actually feel sad. Yeah. That's what I was missing from Sage Fright. Mm-hmm. I kind of love as well that Bill and Paul have like friendship history yes paul used to babysit his daughter and like they know each other's coffee orders and stuff it's yeah just, like it's a nice good world building but like character world building so exactly paul's world that we're seeing yeah right now rather than like big world building i mean at this point arguably two minutes into getting to know these characters and i've already got two that i really care about Mm -hmm. and i'm starting thinking what is paul missing out on Mm -hmm. because it seems like he's got quite a lot going for him he's you know got good people around him yeah what is he missing we meet ted yes we meet ted ted is a, a character ted is hilarious misogynist but also the worst person yeah like an absolutely horrible person Mm -hmm. but i really love his character yeah i think this world needs a ted yeah because and i think it's true of every kind of workplace group but also gonna have one of those guys but also you need one of these guys in this kind of horror apocalyptic scenario Mm mm-hmm because you've got somebody that you kind of want to see die. Oh, you've got to have that one jerk that you're yeah. like rooting for him to get killed. Well, this was the director in Stage Fright. You wanted him to be got. Yeah. But you wanted everyone else to survive. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that Ted is so well written to yeah. be this horrible, unlikable jerk is such a big positive for this world and for its narrative. I love that... Charlotte and Ted are hooking up. Yes. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked that. And it was so subtle as well. Yeah. But it worked really well. 
The dark humour is really good as well. Mm-hmm. You get what do you want from beanies? I just want my daughter back. <laughs> I don't think they sell that. Uh, would you go further for a cute barista, Drew? Go walk further for a cute barista? Yeah, probably. I think so. I think, you know, if you've got somebody that, you know, you, you like interacting well, you're, with, you're yeah. going to go further for it. It's always nice when you have a barista who like is nice to you and yeah. has a chat and stuff. But even if they're not nice to you as well, like even if you're just like, it's the one highlight of my day is interacting with this person, but I dare never say. Of course you're going to go a little bit further for that interaction. So depressing. I know it is, but that's Paul's life. Yeah. He could go to Starbucks, but he's going to go to Beanie's. Mm-hmm. We to get the latte pate. <laughs> Which is one of my favourite lines from this show. It is, and Ted is just gross. It's but disgusting. Like, it is funny. And it's gonna it, it's a really good line because there's going to be a really good callback to it later mm-hmm. on. The tip for a song really upsets Emma. It would upset me if I'd worked somewhere for long enough. And to see it all changing. And then they change the rules and you now have to sing. Well, this is the thing. To me, a tip is when somebody goes above and beyond... Yeah, but we're English. No, I know. A tip is they go above and beyond, so I'm going to say thank you. I don't expect anything in response to it. I'm giving them a tip for doing yeah, excellent it's not, service. And Emma says it's not actually a tip if you have to do something to get it. Exactly. This is, you know, giving you five pounds, do a job for me. Mm-hmm. Jump, monkey, jump. Basically. So she's got every... I'm, I'm on Emma's side here. Yeah, and I love her interaction with the guy that tips her. Yes. Where... He says he's going to take his tip back. And she's like, oh, no, so mean. She has to split her money with the rest of the baristas anyway. She's the only nice barista there. Mm -hmm. I like her instantly. Just like Bill, just like Charlotte. She's like a normal human. Emma, yes. I like that Paul tips her immediately after that. And she just shouts him down. And he's like, no, 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 no. People should tip. And... Instantly remedies, and she's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and then she pockets that tip privately. Yeah, for you meant this just for me, right? I don't have to share this with anyone. He's like, No, I don't care. God, about no, else. I don't care about anyone else. And I like that, I think that's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. The comedic timing that these actors do is so good. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's something really nice about it being a teen star kid production because you know they've workshopped and created this from scratch with each other. It's not like they're doing a revival where they've randomly come together. Mm-hmm. There's camaraderie behind the scenes between this this cast. Yeah. And it shows brilliantly. I really like how they bond over hating Godspell. Yep. I just it's some really nice interaction between the two characters that mm-hmm. he dislikes musicals. She could go either way, I feel. I don't feel she hates them. She's just not first. No. It's just not her thing. Bowtie Hipster is a great caricature of the coffee shop people. Mm-hmm. Where he's like coming in whining about. Like, it just nice simple ensemble roles here to, to build yeah. the world. And that was Robert Mannion, who is also Professor Hitchens. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That just shows you how much he can change. His, yeah. His style. The Greenpeace Lady outwits Paul brilliantly. Yep. And this is Mariah Rose Faith. Yep, I really like that. There's instant comedy I give to people who need it. Uh, spare a dollar? No, I have no change. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just great. Again, it's that comedic timing. The script is really well written. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big storm. Yeah, 
at this point, I'm thinking, oh, is he going to go to a musical Oz? Is that what's going to happen? That All he's right. going to be trans... I'm really trying to figure out what this show's about. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be transported to Oz with the same people that we've met, you know? Yeah. But now it's a musical world. Mm-hmm. No. Phew. We meet Sam. Yep. At this point, I'm not sure. Is this the same Sam as Charlotte's husband? If so, I hate him. Yeah. Because we see he's a, a cheat. Yeah, and he's not only cheating on his wife, he's cheating on his wife with a college girl. Yes. And he gets her the tickets to go and see Mamma Mia. What I find really interesting is the fact that we've just seen Ted and Charlotte, Charlotte cheating before mm-hmm. we meet Sam. But I'm okay with that. But we meet Sam... And I'm like, he's he's horrible. He sucks, yeah. Yeah, and I like the fact that the way we meet him is just the fact that instantly he's not trying with his wife. Yeah. He is pushing her into the arms of someone else. Mm-hmm. So I forgive her for it. But okay. I don't forgive him for it. And it's really hypocritical he's of me. He's made out to be a worse person for it because she obviously feels bad about it. Yeah, least. and she's still actively trying to make their relationship work. And it's not like Charlotte is dating Ted. No. They are just hooking up, which is still a terrible thing to do. But Sam is dating Zoe. Yes. Like he's yeah. taking her out to a show for the night. That's a date. Yeah. So he is the worst person in this situation. Absolutely. Alice, really great introduction to her. Mm-hmm. She comes across very wholesome. This she is looks such very a good quick change. Yes, it really is. She, she... must literally absolutely peg it around the back to get and change clothes at the same time to get off as Zoe and back on as Alice. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I like her character. Like mm-hmm. I think she works. You get the sense that she's younger, but she's also nice. Yeah, and she's not comfortable with Deb's friends. No, but she obviously loves Deb's. Yeah. So she's trying. Mm-hmm. And then Professor Higgins. Higgins. His and name is Henry Higgins, and obviously it is a joke. It's a great joke. He's got very fossy mannerisms. Mm-hmm. So I kept referring to him as fossy. Yeah. Because, you know, fossy. Mm-hmm. He uses Alexa to declare it's showtime. Yep. So I then wondered, is he responsible for this? No, he just knew it was going to happen. He did, yeah. And I think that becomes clear later on. But it's kind of like, it's quite nice. You're meeting these different parts. Eventually they all come together. But you're you're wondering what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You are very much like the characters that you're in the middle of it all. Yeah. And yeah, Paul is skipping important stuff. Yeah. He's, he's missing out on life. And anything that would be important, he's missed out on. I got that right. Yeah. That like, he just... Seems to light, let life pass him by. He wakes up and it's a la da day. It certainly is. So aliens prompt a musical. La-dee-da. Or is Greenpeace trying flash mob marketing? No. I had two options there. <laughs> I kind of whittled it down at this point. Yeah. It's aliens or Greenpeace. And it's aliens. Yes. Incredible. I do feel really bad for Paul at this point. And I, I think that's because his performance is so good. Yeah, he's usually, so confused. Yeah, and usually when a musical number comes on, you're having fun because mm-hmm. the people on stage are having fun. But because he looks so horrified, yeah, he is the Grinch at Christmas time. Like, 
what is going on? Stop this, stop this. Ah, it hurts my ears. You feel it as well. The comedic timing's great. We get the line exploded by a meteorite. God damn, mamma mia. Because the meteor has crashed into where mamma mia was showing. Yes. So did people die there and then? I think people got possessed there There and then. Because this is this whole show is a parody of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes. And amongst other B-horror movies. But, so I think when it hit the theatre, everyone that was in there was like instantly taken over. Because Bill was going with his daughter. So did this happen before Mamma Mia started, before they got there, or did they make it out okay? Bill and Alice were fine. Yeah. Deb was taken over. But because Alice got taken to the bus station afterwards, so that would have been in the evening, like after the show. So I guess it would be if people were still there. Like stage door. Yeah. (laughs) Paul is having a nervous breakdown after one song. Yep. He's in trouble. Yep. That's the response after one song. Mm -hmm. How is he going to be by the end of this soundtrack? Incredible. Charlotte's devastated when she identifies that Sam is no longer flat when he sings. Yeah, which she is says great. really sadly, "He sounds like an angel." That's yeah. not my husband. That would I love that the thought of that though is that like normally he's like an okay singer, yeah. but he, this morning when he was in the shower, he was incredible, and that's unsettling. Yes, because like, he's either in a really good mood. So what's happened to put him in such a good mood? You, but you don't become an incredible singer just randomly. But he was also singing La Di Da Day. Yes. So in my mind, everyone on the street is singing it. Mm-hmm. And then if you're not in that area right there, you're singing the same song. Yeah, because it's a hive mind. Yeah, which is which is absolutely brilliant. Paul is called into the manager's office. Yes, Mr. Davidson. Mr. Davidson says, what do you want, Paul? (laughs) So this actor plays so many different characters. He's Sam, Mr. Davidson and General McNamara. Yeah. He has the creepiest smile as Mr. Davidson. He's great. I love Jeff Bloom. He's really funny. He's hilarious. What do you want? I don't know. Well, that doesn't seem very relatable. He also wrote the music and lyrics for the show. Did he? Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was great here as Mr. Davidson. Mr. Davidson has a very specific want. And yeah. it probably should have been kept very private. Mm-hmm. This is, I guess, the I Want song. Yep. <laughs> and I love that they've taken it to such an extreme. Yeah, kind of. But also, like... A lot of I Want songs are, you know, I want much more than this provincial world. Mm-hmm. I want to be where the people are. Mm-hmm. Somewhere that's green. Yeah. Whatever. This feels like the most human. Like, those are all just really big scope, like, <laughs> yeah. I want. And his I Want is just so simple. Mm-hmm. He just wants one very specific act. I quite like that. I like that he's not like wanting something bigger. <laughs> yeah. It's a smaller I want, but it works. Paul thinks he's in a dream, though. He dashes out and he needs black coffee to wake up. Definitely. So he goes to Beanie's and Emma's singing. 
-hmm. And he shouts, not you too, Emma, please stop. And she's like... Oh, yeah, because she has to sing for work. It's great. Yeah, and she's just like, whoa, 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 what's up? And he's like, oh, you're okay. You're okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I like musicals. I like singing. I think a singing cafe would get very frustrating. Have you never been to a singing cafe? No. At some point when we can... Because so in New York, there's a a singing diner. Yeah, because they they reference it in Glee because Rachel's working there when she finds out she's got a funny yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think that is supposed to be exactly the same place, but it is simultaneously really cool, and also you feel kind of bad for the people who work there because they are all wannabe Broadway well, actors. This is it. I I'm they so- definitely don't get paid enough. I'm the sort of person that gets annoyed just sitting down for a meal in Frankie and Benny's and having the birthday song go on every like five minutes. And I feel really bad for the staff that have to come over and do like birthday spiel for the random people. Yeah, that isn't like that though. No, I know. But that annoys me. I just think if I was sat in a cafe, having a coffee, drinking and talking to you or working on my screenplay because... The only two reasons you go into a coffee shop nowadays. Yeah. If I keep hearing random songs or the same song over and over again. Yeah, but you wouldn't go to this place. Like. You might do. You might go to this place every day. This might be your coffee shop. Yeah, but you would change it then if you didn't like that. Exactly. Like, they're making it a gimmick. Exactly. The gimmick isn't working for them because they're going to lose out on their regular customers. It's a bad idea. Emma's the right one here. Sure. I feel so bad for Emma. I love that she's like, if I wanted to sing in a musical, I would be in a musical. Yes. Paul shares his theory and he frightens Emma Mm -hmm. because she's like, what on earth are you talking about? I do not know you well enough for you to be telling me this. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go into cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Emma's lack of enthusiasm is the best part. So her and the other two baristas are dancing and singing. Yeah. And she's going through the motions and she's doing it really well because Mm -hmm. of course she is. She's a fantastic performer. But like half arsed. Yes. Everyone else is doing it like it's Broadway and she's just like, Da-da. Yeah, she doesn't care about this. At this point, I think the other baristas are the villains of the piece. Because mm-hmm. they're just So so one of them is the manager who's worked with Emma for a long time. Yeah. Or I assume the owner because she's turned it into this kind of singing coffee yes. shop. And the other one is new. She's Zoe, yeah. Zoe and she she wants to be a Broadway star, but she's newer and she's already changing everything. I don't think she wants to be a Broadway star. She is a college theatre major. Yes. And her and her friends, who also now work at this diner, were all in a musical last year. And now she's kind of like, oh, we should make everything a musical. Yeah. I just really don't like Zoe. Yeah. I feel like she's trying to change too much because of her. And Emma is arguably the harder worker mm-hmm. because the two times we've been in the cafe oh the best joke with zoe though is where she's like why isn't zoe working and she's like i'm on vocal rest sorry what i'm on vocal god damn it now i have to go and make a hot lemon yes but she's not working and yet somehow her ideas are being implemented like it's a very hateable trait it's not her ideas though well no but she's she's prompting this change no, it's, the manager came up. They say that the manager came up with it. 
I thought they said that the manager changed it because of Zoe's... No, the manager oh. went to a cafe where they do this, and now she wants to do it at her own place. Okay. Yeah. Either way, they've done a really good job at making me dislike these characters. Mm-hmm. We get your brilliant line that you've already mentioned about, if I wanted to be in a musical, I'd be in a musical. That's right, Zoe. I was in Brigadoon in high school, and I nailed it. I love that line. And then we get, you can't quit, Emma. Come play with us, Emma. Forever, Forever and ever. ever. <laughs> yeah. And then they go into the poison coffee. Mm-hmm. That is such a clever means of infiltration. Yeah. Everyone drinks coffee. Mm-hmm. Everyone is going to go to these coffee shops mm-hmm. before work. And if you don't drink coffee, you're going to interact with somebody who does. So yeah. It's a really clever means. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they put the like, blue alien slime in there and the aliens are mm-hmm. I guess being drunk I guess either way it's so cool infected either way and I love the bit where they're running away and they break the fourth wall as they go through the audience as an alleyway why would you line this alleyway with shrubs <laughs> oh it's a dead end go back this way oh okay but they eventually find uh, Ted Bill and Charlotte yes Show me your hands. Show me those jazz hands. Yeah, because Charlotte has called her husband because he's a police officer. Which you would do. If something was wrong and you knew something was wrong, you would call Mm -hmm. somebody to keep you safe. Yeah, absolutely. They do have a weird message, though, with with this song, these these police guys. Put your hands up now. Show me your hands. Put them down. Show me your hands. How are you supposed to know what to do? That's the point, is that they're abusing their power. No, I know. But it's it's a really good caricature. Mm Mm-hmm. And instantly recognise what what's going on. Yeah. Charlotte is too good for Sam, though. This song makes it abundantly clear. Like, mm-hmm. Charlotte has always deserved better than Sam. Definitely. His brain fell out. <laughs> it's not his brain. It's blue. Well, you don't know what colour bl- brains are. You're not a doctor. <laughs> but the kooky biology teacher is going to save the day. Yes. So, Emma says that she has this professor... Who will know what to do because he's a doomsday prepper. And this is the a perfect situation for him. And she's going to community college currently. And yep. this is where she met him. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he is prepared for the apocalypse. Yes. We go to his place. Mm-hmm. I really like the voiceovers and the news reports in the background. Yeah. I think it's a really good means to say what's going on in the world and further the story. Because mm-hmm. especially as the, the newscasters, they slowly become part of the hive mind as well. Yeah. Which I just think is great. But the professor is such a brilliant character. Yeah, he's hilarious. There's so many different like influences here. That I can't even begin to list all of the ones that kind of come to mind. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel there's an undercurrent of... The professor from Back to the Future here as well. Yeah. But there's so, I mean, even just saying just one is a disservice to the other kind of influences. But he's such a good character that you can clearly see where they've they've taken so much mm-hmm. ideas from different sources. And from different musicals too, so. Yeah. And we get a lovely, great interaction between him and Emma. Who is it? Professor H. Don't lie to me. I'm Professor H. Yeah. That's the Peter Pan thing, where it's like, I'm Captain Hook. Well, you're not Captain Hook, I'm Captain Hook. Yeah. 
And he theorised this exact scenario 30 years ago. Yes. <laughs> Paul's like, really? Yes, really. <laughs> this, this exact scenario with, with musical theatre and singing and everything? He's just like, yeah, 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 I did. Exactly that. Brilliant. We don't need to know how he's he kind of figured it out. He just has. Yep. Cool. Ted continues to be the most obnoxious but brilliant character. Mm -hmm. He wants to go out doing the thing he loves. Screwing with another man's wife. Yep, he sucks. He sucks, but I think they've done a fantastic job at finding Ted's voice and maintaining it throughout. Yeah. I don't feel that at any point Ted becomes too much of a caricature. They don't highlight certain traits of Ted. They just keep him as he was and they, they go with it. Yeah. He doesn't become a better person or a worse person. He's just Ted. He is. And his interplay with Charlotte is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love him, but I don't know why. But I do. Charlotte is is just Sam's. Yeah. Even, and, and like, I, I, I'm wondering, is Ted the lesser of two evils here? And it's a really weird thing to say about the character of Ted because... He does seem to care about Charlotte more than Sam does. But not enough. It's not like, enough to warrant an actual relationship. No, but he does tell her to upgrade to a sleaze bag. Like, he at least recognises he's not a good person. But yeah. he's still better for her than Sam is. Yeah, because uh, Sam doesn't care about her at all. Yeah, and again, it's Ted's really... at least, like, mildly interested he in is that. and he at least recognizes he's not a perfect guy it's not like he's saying like i could be everything you want he's like i'm a sleazebag but mm. i'm still better for you than he is yeah. which is great he doesn't become a different character charlotte prays of course so god wakes sam up i don't think i don't think it's god no but yeah it's just excellent timing yeah, so Sam wakes up and Sam sings You Tied Up My Heart because when they broke Sam's head open, they decided that they would take him with them to Professor Higgins's. Yes. Because that was the only way they were going to get Charlotte to come with them. Yes. So they tied him up and left him there, even though he looked very dead, except it turns out he's not dead. And I really I... hope Charlotte doesn't uncuff Sam. Yeah. I really like that even though they're a musical hive mind, yes. they can retain enough knowledge of the person that they're possessing. It's good evolution and good survival. Yeah. Because you can play off that you're still this person mm -hmm. and appear inconspicuous enough that nobody would doubt you. Yeah. Like, that's a fantastic survival mechanism. By alien standards. Yeah. The choreography of this song is great, even when he's tied up. Mm -hmm. Sam is a sleazy rocker. Uh, he says the line, don't you trust me? But then he also says to Charlotte, you're the one who caged me. It's a really fun way to describe marriage, isn't it? Yep. You caged me. And he then starts to fake his death for freedom. Mm -hmm. And there's a really nice moment when Charlotte goes to free him. The whole audience groans. Yeah, but they're all just like, no. <laughs> yeah, and this is it. Realistically, at this point, we maybe had like five minutes with Charlotte. Yeah. We've not had that much time with her. 
But I think that's the best thing about sort of horror stories is you don't need that much time with these characters. Yeah. You care about them and you also get frustrated by them that yeah. after five minutes we're groaning because we know that she's either going to free this monster or she's going to die. Mm-hmm. And we're upset by it. And sure enough, Charlotte gets got. Yep, of course. Such a shame. Mm. I really liked her character as well. I, I didn't want her to be the first to go. Yeah. But I, I would say she's the right person to go first. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we we go to, I guess, Professor... What's it? It's not Higgins, because that's Henry Higgins. Higgins. We go to a Professor Higgins. <laughs> it's because I wrote Higgins, and I keep it's looking at it. It's supposed to be... That's, I, that's the point. Which is, yeah, really clever. However, I've written it mm-hmm. the wrong way. Bill <laughs> says... He said this was a full bar. How am I supposed to make a Shirley Temple without any cherries? Yep. And then he says, I'm going to kick your head. <laughs> really? My head? You're going to kick my head? <laughs> Okay, let's see it. Ted is great too at this point. Ted is great. Like the infighting between these friends, like it's again, what would happen? Mm-hmm. Especially because they're not actually friends; they're co-workers. No. And like, I'm sure when they're at work, they're very friendly. But as soon as you're put in a life or death situation with your co-workers, like, well, this is probably the most time they've spent with each other, yeah. like uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. We get a really nice backstory to Emma. She struggled in life because her sister was a high achiever. Mm-hmm. That's relatable. Yeah. And she has death. She's not just this crabby character. Yeah. She has detail. And she's come back to this town and she's trying to make something of herself for her sister's memory. Yeah. She's got the perfect way to honour her, her sister. Yep. She is going to run a pot farm. Of course. <laughs> I like that. Because it's so silly. You're expecting that she's going to have like this really good, noble cause. And she's like, I am going to grow pot. Yeah. Cool. Really nice moment of bonding between the two. And I think this is nice because she becomes more to Paul than just the hot barista girl. Yes. Except... Obviously, it turns out that she isn't the hot barista that Ted was talking no. about. But it was so funny because when they met up with Ted and Charlotte mm. and Bill and Paul's trying to explain who she is and Ted's like, oh, is she hot barista girl? And Paul acknowledges it. And Emma hears it like, what are you talking about? But Ted's like, that's not the hot barista. That's the crabby one that shouts at me. But even because Paul is the one who's a hot barista girl, and she's looking at Paul like, what is wrong with you? The latte hatte. Yeah. And she's like, excuse me? Yeah. It's nice that she, at this point, becomes more to Paul than just the latte hatte. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, does he hate musicals because of her? Yes. Or because of jealousy of her, that she got to be in a musical and he didn't. No. And it's like, no, your musical's really bad. That's why I hate them. It's because it was bad, yeah. I think if you're going to have a show about somebody who hates musicals, you've got to pinpoint why they hate musicals. Because the first musical he ever saw was a high school production of Brigadoon. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> Be enough to put anyone off. Yes. 
Charlotte returns. Mm-hmm. And we get join us and die. Yep. I'm. This is the one point I become glad that Charlotte died because she hits an astounding note, mm-hmm. which she wouldn't have hit had she not died. So, you know, I'm looking for the silver lining here. Yes, she's dead, but we but got we a get to see heck of a performance. Her, yeah. her facials are brilliant. Mm-hmm. And mid-song, the professor comes in with a shotgun, shoots them. Yeah, but they don't even get to finish. I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. And it's just, it fits this world brilliantly. Like, you think you're going to get this big extravagant number and you just get shot with a shotgun. Yep. Because this is the finale of Act One. Yeah. This, they're wearing our skin to fool us. Mm-hmm. How do I know that you're not, you're not God? Sing the beginning of Moana. <laughs> and everyone's just like, what? Moana. Sing. Uh. <laughs> he cocks the shotgun. And Bill sings Lion King. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got the wrong one. I just think this is a great taste. I like that they sing that and then Paul's like, I didn't like that film. <laughs> Even more reason to hate Paul. What I love is the fact that this middle-aged man with no kids... Has seen Moana. Has gone to see Moana. But he knows full well that Moana's going to be a musical, so why did he even bother watching it? Or what circumstance did Paul sit down to watch Moana? I feel like somebody forced him to watch Moana. Do you think he was on a really bad date? Yeah. I just... I think this is a brilliant test. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a really good, like... Because this was 2018, did you say? Yes. So, it's the right kind of timing for it. If you think about, like, Moana came out twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think it's a, it's the right Disney film to reference. It's not too old. It's not too new. It's just right. Yeah, we learn that Alice isn't in Clivesdale. Mm-hmm. She's at risk. Yes, because she's supposed to get on the bus to go back to her mum's house. And she never did because she stayed with Debs. Mm-hmm. We also learned that Hatchetfield is an island. Yes. And there's only one way off of Hatchetfield, and that is a bridge that can be raised, and the bridge has now been raised. And they're all stuck and So stranded. they're all stuck on this island. Which is good. Again, it's just a minor detail, but it mm-hmm. kind of helps the world building. Yep. G.I. Bill needs to save her. Yes. Ted is a creep, mm-hmm. but then I knew Ted was a creep when I saw his moustache, so it's hardly surprising. Yep. And Paul becomes a hero. He steps up and he volunteers to help Bill. He said, certain death is better than Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah, basically. But Emma motivates Paul and she says, whatever you do, don't become what you hate. Yeah. Which is like... I love that that's the stakes, is like, if they take you over, they'll make you so different to who you are now. You'll like musicals. And I love that he's like, I will never, ever like musicals. Yep. Lights. Mm-hmm. So, Act 2 opens up and we are in the school. Yes. I like that the time's passed. We're not here watching their journey. We just get straight into it. Yeah. They don't waste any time. In this show. And I think that's really good. The narrative of this flows brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Bill really doesn't like Deb. And the big reason for this is because she's always on her phone. Yeah. And what I like, I really like this sequence. Because he's trying to talk his daughter out of dating Deb. And he's saying to Paul what steps he's done. And I like that he has at least recommended other girls to Alice. 
It's not like he's tried to say, like, this is a phase or anything like that. No, he says that as well. His problem isn't that she's gay. Yeah. His problem is Deb. Yeah, and I like that. I really like that he is a good dad who gets it, who supports his daughter. Yeah. And ultimately, he doesn't disapprove of Deb because she's gay. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't like her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so awesome. I, I think Bill... The few times we spend with him, he is a great dad. Yeah. And a really nice person. Mm. And it's all these small things that add up to make him so awesome. Yeah. And they finally find Alice. Mm-hmm. And I'm really upset because they're too late. Alice is gone. Yes. This is not your seed. Which is horrible. It's a horrible way of <laughs> phrasing it. But a real alien way of phrasing it. Mm-hmm. Deb was a bad influence on Alice. Alice sings the line, why does it hurt to love you? And I start thinking, oh, oh, there's hope. There might be a part of Alice left. Yeah. We have this a couple of times through this whole show where there are moments with characters where you're like, oh, they're having a human moment. Yes. Not an alien moment. And Alice says, why does it hurt to love you? Bill is broken and he can't live in a world without Alice. And Paul Mm -hmm. stops him from killing himself. And then Alice just shoots Bill and kills him. Oh my God. I I didn't know how to react to that. That was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Like not only is Bill dead, I really liked him. He's been killed by his daughter. I know, it's really sad. It's just, it's really, really good writing and good narrative. If he's going to go, if he's going to die... Mm What better way than to kill him by the the one person that motivated him to risk his life? I just thought it was really, really good. And then we get the funny, synchronised alien voice. Yes. And I like that because, A, it's it's good, but it's also not good at the same time because, like, they're messing up. Yeah. They're still getting used to this hive mind. They turn around and are like, oh my god, guys, if we're going to say it, we have to all say it together. But that's another thing that makes me wonder, like, is there still some sense of human to them? I think... Even if you possessed humans, like, there's not a whole lot you can do about the inherent humanity of making mistakes. Yeah, and I quite think, and I quite like that. I think it's interesting. So, we meet the general, Paul's yeah. escaped. At first, I thought that the general was Ted dressed up because he was so silly and such a caricature. Because we didn't see him from the front. Right. We saw him from, from the back. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it his face. We don't know it's a brand new character at this point. Yeah. I honestly thought at this point it was Ted being a real caricature of an army general to try and get safely to help Bill and Paul. Yeah. It isn't. No. But. General McNamara. Yes. We learn that the meteor is the brain. Yep. And it wants to achieve world peace. So... And the way to do that is through musical theatre. Yeah, how do we stop that? And then Professor Higgins betrays Emma. Yes, we get the best song. Well, that doesn't happen quite yet. We've we've had that. Mm. And then we cut back to the army base. Yeah, I love that he when he injects her, she's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and we get P-E-I-P, peep, never heard of you. And you never will. Not a peep. Amazing. That's a joke. 
<laughs> it's good wordplay. So the, the general is going to kill Paul because his instruction is to kill the whole town. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to wipe them all out. It's the only way to be sure. But because Paul is so normal, yep. you know, he favours watches over iPhones, for instance. Mm-hmm. He's doing this for love. Yeah. The general takes pity on him and he's like, I'm going to let you go, but don't, don't let me regret this decision. Yeah. I, I think there's moments where the actor is so like Jim Carrey. Yes, yeah, so Jeff Blim showed up in Starkid in uh, Home the Musical Batman, where he played a character who was called Sweet Tooth, who was essentially a cross between the Riddler and the Joker. Oh, wow. And all of his jokes are based around sweets. So he'd, he'd say a sentence and like half the words would be sweet references. And so he'd be like, oh, it's not a complete jawbreaker. And then he'd like pull jawbreakers out of his pocket and things like that. And it was great. And that very much like is his acting style. Yeah. I think he he's a really good comedic actor. He is. He's got everything. He's got the ability to say something that's so ridiculous with a dedicated straight face. Mm-hmm. He's got really good physical traits. Yeah. He's got a very like elastic face as well, which mm-hmm. I think is something Jim Carrey has that, you know, he can do so many varied facial expressions. Yeah. He was also Aragog in a very pretty senior year. Was he really? Yeah. And then in Twisted, he's Aladdin. He's a, he's the, sort of the main character in Trails Oregon. And yeah. It, great. I really now, I mean, I wanted to see more Starkid anyway, but I really want to see more Starkid to see him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was so much fun in this. I think his best he's, character he's is the general. In Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. Paul is offered a seat on the getaway copter mm-hmm. and he secures a seat for Emma too. Yes. Because he says he's going to go back for her. Yes. And then the general with a great line I am authorizing you to use my firearm. Okay. Gives him the gun. Yep. And when Paul says coffee is better than musicals, his response is just like any good red-blooded American. (laughs) You're a true red-blooded American, son. Yeah. The general was his best role. Yeah. I think I I didn't like Mr. Davidson so much Mm -hmm. because I felt it was very over the top. Yeah. When maybe at this point subtlety would have been better. Sure. I really liked Sam. But the general is my favourite role he did. I think it was his best role. And then we go back to Professor Higgins. Yeah. He tells Alexa to open up the gates. The professor sees the aliens as the cure to humanity. Everything that is inherently wrong with humanity will be cured Mm -hmm. by the aliens. Being a hive mind means there will be no war. Yeah. And the earth will flourish. I can kind of understand his point. Mm-hmm. That as a doomsday prepper, he is looking at all these different things that humans are doing, thinking the end of the world is coming. Yeah. It's not a stretch for him to then think, huh, the cure to all of this is just everyone thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's not like a leap, is it? No, it's a very believable evolution for this character. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's gone from hero to villain with no clear reason however we also find out that the reason he's so okay with this 
eventuality is because in his spare time, he's been writing his own musical. Yes, but I do think before he goes into his show-stopping number, we yeah. get the most tragic death of all. Which is? He oh, loves... He Alexa. <laughs> he loves Alexa, but Alexa, you need to initiate self-destruct. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think they do that. And he grabs Alexa and he throws it against the wall. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he tells us that before biology... Yeah. His first love was musical theatre. Mm-hmm. I think Professor Higgins would be a big fan of Freaky Friday. Yeah, probably. He would sing biology. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. And he tells Emma and Ted that the aliens are drawn to music because that's how they communicate. Yeah. Before he starts singing. So the entire time he sings the song, Emma's just sat there like, no, they're going to kill us. Yes, and Ted is like, oh my god, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah, but he says, my song's pretty good, isn't it? I bet you didn't know I was also a composer. In fact, while I've been preparing for the apocalypse, I've been writing my own musical. Do you mind if I give you the pitch? And Emma's like, no. And Ted straight away is like, absolutely go for it. This is going to be amazing. Yeah, Ted slowly gets like more on board with it, which is great. Mm-hmm. And he... So we get the pitch for Wrecking Boys the musical. Working. Oh, is it working boys? Working boys. Wrecking boys. What are they wrecking? Like demolition boys. Demolition no, men. it's working boys, a new musical, which is the story of college friends that have now sort of lost touch because they're all busy working boys now. Except like in the lyrics that he then sings, you find out that the boy, the working boys have only not seen each other for a week. Yeah. Yeah, and he says all he just wants, even though he's a working boy now, all he wants is to to spend a day with Greg and Steve and Stu and Mark and Leighton. And Chad. And Chad. <laughs> Five o'clock can't come soon enough. Five o'clock can't come soon enough. That's hilarious. Five o'clock can't come soon enough. I can't wait to get home to my boys. Yes, and he compares it to Hamilton. Yes, he says, Hamilton, that. move over. Your new competition is in town. Yep. So... This is brilliant. This is just absolutely amazing. I would pay to see this show. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. I think the choreography is is just so funny. Mm -hmm. I love that Ted is really into it at this point. Yeah. And he's like feeling the heartbeat of these characters. And Emma at this point is just longing for the aliens. Like, just come and kill me. Just kill me now, yeah. The best bit is when the aliens join the song and they copy the... Yes, the, <laughs> they copy the, the choreography. The dance is amazing. Yeah, so two of the aliens come in, and it's obviously just two people who have been taken over by the aliens. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, Henry," and Professor Higgins is like, "Greg, is that you? Oh my gosh, Stu, you're here!" And Emma's like, "That's not them. Yeah. What are you talking about?" But Paul comes and saves the day. Yes. Well, not after. Higgins has to die first. Yeah, Higgins dies, which... But he doesn't get what he wanted. No, he He gets... wanted to be made one of them. And they... And they tear him apart. his guts out and yeah. kill him, yeah. It's very, like... Zombie movie. Zombie movie, yeah. But one of my best bits is, as they go to escape, mm-hmm. you have Emma say, should I take this chair? I'll take the piano! Like, I just I'll love... I'll take this chair, I'll take this piano. <laughs> That's yeah. one way to make a set change work. Yep. It's silly, it's Mm self-referential, 
it serves no purpose to the story, but it's got to get off stage somehow. And they've thought about it and they've made a joke of it. Yeah. I love it. Ted's epiphany gets Paul caught. Of course. <laughs> we get America is great again. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of this song. It's really funny. It's a really funny song. And I think it's quite sinister. Mm. I said, I bet the military are aliens. Of course. And sure enough, they are. I like the way they say, I don't know what you've been told. Because mm-hmm. like, that's such a stereotype of military like beats and rhythms and songs. Yeah. The miming of the helicopter is great. Mm-hmm. And they get on the helicopter. But oh no. It's Zoe. The pilot was Zoe. And they're going down. Mm-hmm. Down, down, down. Emma's leg gets messed up. Yeah, she has a pipe through it. And I love that all Paul can say is, well, you should have worn your seatbelt. Yep. And it's at this point I I twig the naming of Paul's friends. Mm -hmm. Because he says, I can't lose you. I've already lost Bill and Ted. Yep. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah. Bill and Ted. I really hadn't realised. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think there was a situation or a circumstance where you said their names like that. Yeah. And I love that this is a joke that's been there throughout. And it's such a silly joke. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be there. It serves no purpose. It was just funny. And we were on the Express to Starlight Theatre. Yes. Starlight Express. The, uh... Starlight <laughs> Express. We're going to go destroy the hive mind. Yeah. And before Paul leaves, Emma says she knows that Paul always felt something for her. Yeah. That's why he went back for the disgusting spit coffee. Because mm-hmm. the coffee's not great. We spit in it all the time. You came back because you like me. That's quite nice. It's a nice yeah. kind of like goodbye to the characters. It's a nice little admission of like... Because you see earlier on where he tries to confess to her. Yeah. And she's kind of like, no. Because she doesn't want to be tied down by anything. No. Because... And- she wants she wants to achieve something. Yeah. At this point, she's like lived through enough that she's kind of like, I'm good. Yeah. They go to kiss. Mm-hmm. And as he leans in, she coughs blood on him. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Because like, I think you're going into this expecting the convention of like, they're going to kiss and everything's going to be funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she coughs blood on him. And he's like, yeah. I'm good. I, I don't want to kiss you anymore. I really hope she survives. Mm-hmm. They've done enough here to make me really, really hopeful she survives and that she and Paul can get together and, and live out the rest of the days. But there's also a part of me that's like, she might not. Mm-hmm. And again, just brilliant writing that I'm so invested in this character that I really want her to survive, even though I know she probably won't. Yes. So now we get Let Him Come. Yes. Which is sort of the semi-reprise of the opening number. Yes. Where they sing, you know, he's a coming, who's a coming, Paul's a coming. Yeah, so it feels like at this point we're now at the start of the play. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were singing. Oh, he missed his entrance. We'll yeah. have to try again. It feels like that's where we're up to. It's a really fun way to set up the finale. Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted are back. Yep. And they threaten to kick Paul's head. 
mm-hmm. which I think is a really great callback. Hilarious. There's still enough of their humanity there that mm-hmm. they can they can call back to it. I feel bad for Bill because like he was shot, but they brought him back to life. Yeah, that's terrifying. That they could kill you and then bring you back as part of their hive mind. Well, Professor Higgins is back as a part of yeah. the hive mind at this point as well, and they ripped all his guts out. But this this is the thing: is like for, for people when they're like becoming zombies, mm-hmm. they're like, "Shoot me! Don't let me come back as one of them." Mm-hmm. And people would be doing this like, "Kill me! Don't let me come back as a musical theatre drone." Yeah, but it it's a it's a moot point. Because you would be coming back anyway. They've got the technology to repair you. Yeah, basically. And that's terrifying. It's a small little feature, but I was like, oh, wow, that's scary. Mm-hmm. They say, all your friends are here, Paul. Yeah. And we get what's in your soul. Let it out. This is one of the best moments for Paul because he looks so disgusted as he gives into the power of music. Yeah. You feel this pain on him. As he starts to get sort of infected. Because they tell him there the spores are all in the air. So the closer you get to the hive mind, the more, the more infected takes... you'll get. Yeah. So and... they're singing to him about wanting to see his soul. And he just sings this one note on never. Yeah. And then he's like, what was that? Yeah, musical ball is so much fun because he's in pain about it. And he's delivering a great performance. Like, he is a brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. And a really good singer. And the fact that he's got, like, this moment, really, in, in the whole show to sing. Yeah. But he's... It's so interesting, because when you see musical theatre, whatever the, the vibe is, they're always having fun on stage when they're performing. It looks exciting, even if it's bleak. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's in pain. And it's really, really good performance. Yeah. He's got a heck of a voice, and he delivers a soliloquy, which is basically confrontation from Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, to himself. Yeah. It's exactly that. Like, mm-hmm. this is that Jekyll and Hyde moment of him going, do it, do it, do it. No, I won't do it. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah, and he's wrestling with himself over, yeah. like, would it just be easier to sing and dance your way through life? No, yes. because I won't become what I hate. I will not be in a musical. Yes, and he and ends he... this song with, I don't like musical. And he blows up the meteor. Yes. And we go to two weeks later. Mm-hmm. We are in a hospital of some sort. I assumed this was like a military base. Yeah, it's like a field hospital. Yeah. Everyone in Hatchetfield is gone. Everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. Emma survived, but she's now called Kelly. Yeah, because Emma is dead. Yes. Like she, her old identity, everyone in this town had to die. They cannot have any survivors. So they've given her enough money to start her farm. Yep. She's got a five acre plot of land in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I hope she calls it Tegrity Farms. And then they introduce her to Ben Bridges, who yep. is going to escort her to Colorado. She doesn't look excited until Paul walks in. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wrote at this point, because we hear Ben Bridges first, so I'm thinking, like, that's Paul. Yeah. It's going to be Paul. Mm-hmm. 100% called it. And then inevitable. Mm-hmm. So my first question is, is there some lasting damage? He's destroyed the meteorite, so he saved the day, but he's singing. Yeah. And he's dancing now. Is that because there's some lingering damage mm-hmm. from the close proximity? But then he starts singing, oh, no, did the aliens win? Yeah. And sure enough, the aliens have survived. Mm-hmm. Poor Paul has become what he hated. Yep. 
and the song becomes the producer's betrayal of a callback to everything. Yeah. And it's so well done. Mm-hmm. I really, really loved this number. Yep. And Emma's like charging around going, no, why can't I escape? And she runs around the stage and she's like, it's just a loop. Yep. And even in this bleakest of timelines, she's still like making us laugh. Yeah. I just love, there's one bit in the middle of this song where they call back to show-stopping number, but this time they sing a kick line is inevitable. Incredible. Because that's the one thing that we needed from this musical is a a show-stopping kick line. Yeah. Great. And yes, the lights go out. Yep. The aliens won. And you can imagine that Emma is going to become part of the hive mind. Mm -hmm. And if this was a film, we're getting a Little Shop of Horrors type yeah, ending, ending with director's cut ending. Yeah, with with the aliens taking over all these different cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the man who didn't like musicals becomes what he hates most. Yeah, a man in a musical, mm-hmm. which is quite sad, I guess. Like, I like to think that when he decided to like give over himself, yeah, like that he made that choice basically. Yeah, because. He was saying, I know it's like the spores taking over, but even he, he's singing to himself about like, my whole life I've been so crabby towards everyone. Like, could I actually be happy this way? Yeah. Because he isn't happy. No, he isn't. And I think actually it's that I've got to stop fighting and just embrace musicals. And it's a sad kind of realisation for the character, but actually it's the best realisation for the character. Yeah. I think he's got he's to become happy and he probably will be happy at this point. And it's, it's sad, but it's a really good way to end. Yeah. I like that it doesn't end perfectly as well. Like, sometimes I feel like musicals just end too happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's nice to have it end, like, as realistically as it kind of could, that this... Say that realistically, it's a show about aliens invading, but Mm -hmm. we're not left with a clear resolution. Yeah. And I like that in a show. Yeah. What is your best song in this one? Showstopping number is so good. It's either that or La Di Da Da Day. My favourite ones are quite towards the end. Mm -hmm. I actually really like America is Great Again. See, that's my skip it song. That's one of my favourite songs in this one. Okay. But I think it's the performance about it. Yeah. But I also like Let It Out when Paul finally starts singing. Yeah. Because you can feel the hesitation, but it just it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. My skip song is Show Me Your Hands. Oh, I like that one. I think it's just a little too silly. Mm. That's really funny. It's not often we have really different favourite songs and really different Skip It songs. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Who is your MVP? Paul. Really? Yeah. I just think he does a really good job of, even though, because like we're musical theatre fans sitting watching the show where the main character is kind of dumping on musicals. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not unlikable. But so this is it. When we recorded Stage Fright, I said that one of my biggest issues with Stage Fright is the fact that it mocks mm-hmm. people who like musicals. 
which is ridiculous because who is the target demographic? Yeah, people who like musicals. This show does it so much better because it doesn't make you feel like they're laughing at you because they're clearly fans of musicals. They're actually laughing more at the people who don't like musicals because Paul never really has a good reason for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, okay, you just like one, but don't tar the whole genre because you didn't like Brigadier. Brigadoon. Brigadoon. Yeah. And I like that. I feel like this this does a lot of what Stage Fright wanted to do better. Yeah. I get what you mean. I You know, I invested more in the characters. Like, even when Ted died, I felt bad. Mm-hmm. Even though I wanted Ted to die, by the time he had, he'd survived long enough I grew to like him more. Yeah. Bill's death was, was heartbreaking. Alice's death was heartbreaking. We didn't even get to be that invested in her. It's no, just... it's so sad that she's. it's too late when they yeah, get there. It is. And I think this is a really good formula. Like, this is almost a zombie movie mm-hmm. in the fact that you're willing these guys to survive and escape. Yeah. And of course, they're going to go back for people that matter to them, but they're just too late. Mm-hmm. The betrayal yeah. of um, Professor Higgins was, was, again, it made sense. Yeah. My Who's MVP your... is, is General. All right, okay. Just Death because... Wins. Well, specifically the general character. All right, okay. Because I think that character was so much fun and so silly. Mm-hmm. I just loved it when he was on screen. Paul was great. Yeah. I think Paul carried it really, really well. And I loved it, like, watching him kind of step outside his comfort zone. Yeah. But ultimately kind of fail. Mm-hmm. But for me, the general was the most fun. Cool. Who would you want to play? Well, I guess Emma, because I feel like I'd have a lot of fun with that being just like crabby the whole time. But I think um, the Zoe Greenpeace girl Alice role would be really fun to play because that is so different in each character. Yeah. Like that just seems like it'd be really interesting. Yeah. No, I, I get that. What about you? I'd love to play Professor Higgins mm-hmm. because I think you'd have a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd also like to play the general. Mm-hmm. Again, I wouldn't necessarily want to play Mr. Davidson and I wouldn't necessarily want to play Sam. So if I could have like a weird mix where, you know, I played the professor and the general. But, nah. <laughs> you know, of those two roles, those are the two roles I'd most like to play. Yeah. I think Ted would be a really good, like, role to play. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just had so much fun with Professor Higgins in the general. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, a few comments from Twitter mm-hmm. before we go to my final thoughts. Sure. And this one comes from at Chloe underscore Omelia. Uh-huh. The guy who didn't like musicals is a great show. A man who doesn't like musicals and his town gets infected with a musical. It's any theatre kid's dream. Ted is my favourite character. He is so blunt and douchey. Not a word, but it's all I could come up with. Show-stopping number is a highlight for sure. Mm-hmm. The dancing moves in show-stopping number are so fabulously over the top. It's comedic gold. I can't help but dance along. Robert's voice is sensational as well. Definitely. Yeah. And then we talked a little bit about how it's, you know, it's a shame that Star Kid shows are kind of one and done. That they don't perform them on bigger stages. It's They have a month run and then they move on to the next project. Yeah. And it is a shame. Mm-hmm. I guess the problem would be if they took it to Broadway. Well, this show actually won some awards. I'm not surprised. I'd love to know what awards it won. 
So there was a broadwayworld.com yeah. award season that they do. Yeah. And for this one, they had the LA Regional Awards. So they got nominated for Best Musical. They didn't win that one. No. John Matheson, who plays Paul, won Best Leading Actor. Um, Robert Mannion won Best Featured Actor. But cool. Joey Richter was also nominated and Corey Doris was also nominated for that. Jamie Lynn Betty won Best Featured Actress in a Musical. Lauren Lopez was nominated for Best Leading Actress, but didn't win that one. Yeah. And then they won Best Choreography, Best Director, Best Scenic Design, Best Costume Design, Best Lighting Design, and Best Sound Design. Wow. So yeah. they really did get a lot of success with this show. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it's a shame that they don't move these shows onto places like Broadway and have, like, extended runs. Yeah. But I would, I would think they'd lose a lot of ownership because they like moving on to other projects as well. Mm-hmm. And they would lose the ownership when other people inherit the work. The way the fans fund the show, it does feel like it's a much bigger community and much more personal. Yeah. And it's one of those, yes, I'd like to see these extended yeah. and have the opportunity to go and see it live. Mm-hmm. But... I'm quite happy with the compromise of we do it for a month, we put it on YouTube and we share it with everyone. Yeah. It feels truer to Starkid and we get their vision as opposed to a watered down version as time dilutes it and new casts dilute it. Yeah. One of the things I said to you that I, I do mean, this show works so well because you can tell there's that camaraderie between the cast. I gave it four and a half stars. Yay, good. I'm I think glad you it's like a one. really, really good show. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed it. Good, I'm glad. I like it when you really enjoy things that we watch. Well, you said to me you weren't sure about how I I was faring with it because I was the most quiet. You were so quiet, but you also took, I think, the most notes I've ever seen you take. So I don't think we're at the last five years level of notes, but no. I do think, you know, I was just, I was enjoying watching it. It was... What I needed. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed this one. I like this one a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, what are we going to watch next week? Next week, we are going to jump backwards in time for a little bit of Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly's the dancer who danced with Jerry of Tom and Jerry fame. Yeah. Yeah, he did. That was great. It is. It's one of my favourite. I'm favorite glad that you know bit. that. That's really funny. I also love that it was parodied in Family Guy mm-hmm. and they just animated Stewie over Jerry. Yeah. So, Gene Kelly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of musicals Gene Kelly has been in. Mm-hmm. Which musical are we looking at? Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds. Carrie Fisher's mum. Mm-hmm. So that's Singing in the Rain. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. We are here for Singing in the Rain. Okay. Yeah. There was an advert a few years ago on British television, I think for a car. Yeah. That used singing in the uh-huh. rain. That was really weird. But it was the one of the contestants from Britain's Got Talent. I think a boy won it and they just, uh, he, he staged it and then they animated Gene Kelly over him. Yeah. Cool. It was weird. It, it was a really weird advert. Okay. Yeah. I don't know much about this one cool. other than the fact that they sing in some rain. And it's a beautiful feeling. He's happy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I expected you to know, really. I'm I excited to watch it. 
we'll talk a little bit next next week as, as we usually would about what I know and what I don't know. Mm-hmm. I love singing in the rain. I've seen I've seen you do it multiple times. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll sing anyway. Yeah, th- that is true. So we'll be back next week to cover singing in the rain. Yes, indeed. Do you want to say what the rest of our lineup is? I I can actually say what the rest of the lineup is. Because I think we're pretty much set now up to 2021. Yeah, we've got the rest of the lineup. Obviously, it's subject to change depending on if certain versions are available. Mm -hmm. I think there's only one that we might struggle with. Which is? The 21st of December, Elf. Yeah, so we want to watch Elf the Musical for Christmas and every year it is shown on Sky. But that requires me to record it. Yes. And for us to be able to watch it. So that one's subject to change. But mm-hmm. next week, the 23rd of November, we will be covering Singing in the Rain. And then on the 30th of November, at Jared Good is going to be a very, very happy individual. Our number one boy, Jared Good. As we are covering Anna and the Apocalypse. Yep, just for him. Just for Jared Good. He went to buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical pod and he donated to us Mm -hmm. and he got in touch and he said, I just really would like for you to cover Anna and the Apocalypse. Yes. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's part horror, part Christmas musical. So Mm -hmm. what better way to start off the festive season? On the 7th of December, we will be covering Meet Me in St. Louis. Yes, indeed. Is that the classic film version or is there a staged version? No, it's going to be the Judy Garland version. Okay, brilliant. On the 14th of December, we are going to be covering a brand new musical. Yes, indeed. With some of our favourite individuals. Mm -hmm. We're going to be looking at Netflix's Christmas on the Square. Yes, indeed. I really would love to record that with your mum. I know, same. That would be so funny. So we might have a special guest for the 14th of December. On the 21st of December, to help get you through the Christmas season, Mm -hmm. we are hopefully going to be covering Elf the Musical. Yes. If not, we will find something equally Christmassy to watch. Yes. And then on the 28th of December, Mm -hmm. because we're not going to take a break. Nope. What better way to celebrate New Year's Mm -hmm. than with Netflix's adaptation of the prom. Yes, indeed. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. We saw the trailer for it and it looks good. I have mixed feelings about some of it, but we'll see. If we can't cover Elf, yeah. how would you feel about potentially covering the Matthew Morrison-led version of The Grinch if we can access it? Okay, maybe. We found out this week that Matthew Morrison is going to be The Grinch. Mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued to see how that plays out because it's also got, you know... Booby Stewart. Yes, as... Who I love. Young Max. I guess. And then it's got the prince from Once Upon a Mattress Mm -hmm. as adult Max. Yeah. I'm very intrigued to see how this one plays out. Same. So if we can't cover Elf, we might cover The Grinch, the musical. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. So that takes us up to... 2021 yeah how exciting how terribly exciting (laughs) but yes we will be back next week with singing in the rain as always you can follow us on twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod and you can let us know your thoughts on the guy who didn't like musicals Mm -hmm. on singing in the rain or anything that we are going to cover over the coming 
two months. Let us know your thoughts. Mm -hmm. We'll be especially intrigued to know what you think about the new shows that we're covering, Christmas on the Square and The Prom. We're yep. deliberately delaying them by a few weeks, unlike Hamilton, which was on Disney Plus, and then the next day we kind of covered. Yeah. We're delaying them to get a chance to kind of look at the critical feedback. So if you watch one of those and you really enjoy it, let us know your thoughts. If you watch one of those and you really dislike it, let us know your thoughts. You can, as always, find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on our OG hosts, Podbean. If you like our show, please leave us a review and subscribe so you are notified of new episodes. Mm -hmm. And tell a friend, spread the good word about It's a Musical Podcast. Yes. And get in touch, let us know your thoughts. The best part of our days are when we log on to Twitter or Instagram and we see that you have got in touch about something you liked. Even if you wanted to say you disagreed with our thoughts and tell us why, it's, it's great. I love the community that we get from this show. But if you are still with us, thank you so much for listening. We hope you liked us talk about a musical where the protagonist hates musicals. Yes, indeed. And as usual, as I say every single week, if you're still listening at this point, have a magical musical Monday. See you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. <laughs>